Sci-Fi Saturday Night for December 5th, 2009 from high atop Area 51. I am the Dome. With us tonight is Awake by Java somewhere in Indiana. Adio there, neighbors. And in our Boston Bureau, Kriana, how you doing? It is snowing like crazy. Yeah. Lucky. Lucky. Lucky? <laughs> it's just cold here. Lucky? Lucky? Did somebody say lucky? Oh, sorry. Instead of doing my elf impression. Always a bad thing to do. Yeah, it's cold here over west. We don't have any snow, which makes it just worthless. And in Area 51, the UFOs are flying back and forth, so, you know, it keeps cutting out transmission lines. What do we know? Hmm. All right. We have, uh, later on in tonight's show, uh, we will have... Frankie Washington, who is not the Frankie Washington from Welcome Back, Cotter, but indeed a graphic novelist, and we will be talking about him and his work and giving away some of his stuff. Uh, Kriana is a uh, doing our gifts for uh, geeks segment uh, this week. Next week, I will be doing books for bookworms, and uh, the week after that, uh, I don't know what we're doing. I'll have some uh, some top flight DVDs and Blu-ray discs for you to get for the geek in your life. Woohoo! Woohoo! Sounds like a plan. Uh, next week on TV, what do we got happening? Not much. Uh, yeah, not much at all. Uh, the next, well, we had a we had a Dollhouse episode here the other night. Uh, we had a two hours with a kick-ass Dollhouse, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, we're getting to the to the part of the season where things start to slow down. Um, we do have another Dollhouse episode next week. Um, and for those of you who are still hanging on to Sh- Sanctuary, you are better people than I am. Uh, <laughs> because I've completely uh, left that in the dust. And, yeah, sorry, um, Dr. Magnus, you're just not doing it for me. Yeah. Uh, and, um, of course, Fringe continues to be awesome. Oh, wait a minute. No, hold on. <clears throat> Beg to differ with you. Did you see this week's episode? No, no spoilers. <laughs> uh, okay. No, I haven't seen this week's episode yet, but... All right. This week's episode is directly out of Star Trek Next Generation. Thank you. That's okay. all I'm going to say. Wait to see it. You'll be pissed. I was. <laughs> uh, I mean, I still like the show, but I mean, they cannot do a blatant ripoff like that. I think they're going to get away with it. Yeah. Well, um, in uh, things to start looking out for, um, we have a new Doctor Who episode in all of 20 days. Yes, we do. No, I don't want it. 20 days. I don't want it. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I know it'll be good, but I still don't want it. Waters of Mars is going to be awesome. No, the Waters of Mars is the one that we just had, I thought. Yeah, Waters of Mars. Oh, I'm sorry. just said. This one is called The End of End Time. End of Time. 
part one. And then the following week, it's the end of time, part two, but nobody's telling you that. Part two, if you're... Uh, do. From PH1. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, and, and for those of you who really want something ruined in your life, Alice. Yeah, nobody's watching Alice. It's the mosquito of classic fairy tales. <laughs> okay, drinking game tonight. <laughs> Sci-fi bad movies. So we've already got two. Alice and Mansquito. If you're not familiar with Mansquito, it's a running joke on Sci-Fi Saturday Night about how utterly terrible some of the sci- well, some of all of the sci-fi original movies are. <laughs> Back when we were an actual radio station, we had a TV monitor in our studio, and we could actually watch the Sci-Fi channel while we were broadcasting, and one Saturday night, they were showing this stellar piece of filmography known as Mansquito. And we couldn't stop laughing to do the show. I think the name says it all. So, if you, if you hear us mention Mansquito, you must take a shot of some form of alcohol as long as you're over 21. Uh, if, you, if you're under 21, drink the Kool-Aid. It's fine. <laughs> or in this case, the eggnog, whichever. Well, speaking of a moody, movie that does not at all resemble Mansquito, uh, we've watched the movie Moon. Yeah, we have. And uh, for all its shortcomings and for all its flaws, uh, it beats the hell out of about 90% of what's out there right now. Which is not saying much. No, it's no. <laughs> Two hours of your life, you will never get back. Uh, actually, it's ninety-four minutes, but Whatever. Uh, it's okay. Enough. Felt like two hours. Well, oh. um, it, it was an interesting film, and uh, of course, the first thing that that jumps out at you, and I know the dome uh, really enjoys this, is that it looks like an old-school science fiction movie. Uh, it really does, without all the wires, so that and the flames coming out of the back of the rocket ship you know but it, it really has a gritty 50s-ish feel day the earth stood still michael rennie movie feel to it and uh especially the exterior shots uh of the moonscapes and the earth from the moon are just gloriously well done uh you look at it, and, and my feeling, you know, w when I first saw it was, had I not known that it was all models, I might have guessed that it was really bad CGI made to look like models. But as it went on, the flow was just so good with it. And, you know, it, it was... What it reminded me of was all the videos that I grew up seeing of, you know space missions it did it wasn't um out of bounds science fiction that could never possibly be achieved it wasn't um newfangled uh you know overly tech uh, overly intricate systems that look like i don't know insects yeah yeah you know, it, it, it really looked like something that could be produced right now and on top of that, even though you don't particularly get comfortable with the characters, and you don't, and that's the unfortunate part here, uh, is that you really that's don't. That's the unfortunate part? 
Yeah, that's the unfortunate oh, okay. part. Sorry. It's unclear. <laughs> it is unfortunate to not be able to create an emotional connection with the characters. But, you know, I think that that might serve its own purpose. Uh, I don't think that those characters are the type of people that the writer or the director want you to be hugely invested in because they're not supposed to be, they weren't produced to be that type of person. Yeah. I'm not sure how many spoilers we want to give away here, to be honest with you, for people who haven't seen the movie. The, the characters could be easily replaced. Yeah. Without a doubt. And also the interiors I thought were very spartanly well-designed as well. Mm Mm-hmm. The, the, a few of the shortcomings that I found in the film, though, um, was without a connection back to Earth. Because this is a story that takes place and is completely enclosed around the moon without any kind of real, true connection to what's going on in, in the rest of the human existence. Even though it's um, implied over and over again, there's actually never any connection whatsoever. Right. Um, it's Well, there is one. Uh, actually, two, if you count the end, at the end, very end of the movie. But, but they're, um, they're almost trivial. Yeah. Uh, the it's, it's hard to relate. It really is hard to relate. And I think that that works well in the frame of the movie, but I don't think that it makes for a movie that I'm going to absolutely love and come back to over and over again. Okay, let me ask you a question then. What do you think of the soundtrack? I was fairly uninterested with the soundtrack. Okay. I mean, it was... The, the vast majority of the music used um, in, the, in the movie is classical music. There are a few, uh, you know... Accent accents like the alarm clock and one other time um, where there's classic rock used or eighties rock used um, for no apparent reason. At that for no, yeah, the, absolutely no apparent reason. But I think it might have been a different experience had I seen it in the movie theater. Uh, it might have felt more grandiose as it was. I was watching it on my iPhone. So, <laughs> yeah, that may have taken a bit away from it. Good point. So that might have been it. Um, but I think that, you know, I, I might come back to this movie if it comes out on Blu-ray. I might come back to it. One of the interesting sidelights of this movie is uh, the director, Duncan Jones, is uh, actually uh, David Bowie's son. The uh, his first child that he had with He-Man, who's, who's originally named Zoe Bowie. Uh, and, and it turns out that uh, he's a fairly good director. Yeah, and I think that uh, one thing that I cannot deny, Sam Rockwell's performance reminds me how much I, uh, I love Sam Rockwell. I really do. I love him as an actor. Because he just he just is able to create. I I I just feel like he's very invested in what he's doing, all the time. Yeah, you're right. 
Right, and it's it's a damned unfortunate. I, I really wish that the movie had gotten more publicity and been a um, a wider uh, had, reached a wider audience. But I don't think uh, the the movie that oh, what was the name of the movie? It, was it? Um, it was the one where the ship is going into the sun. Was it Sun? Oh. I, I'm completely blanking on it now. Um, the 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 ship was taking nuclear waste or something to the sun for it to be consumed and taken away from Earth. Um, Did it have Ben Affleck? I, no. What? <laughs> sunshine. Sunshine. That's what it was. Sunshine. I knew it was Sunshine. I don't know why I I, uh, I hesitated yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, what that was? Uh, yeah. I, it reminded me a lot of Sunshine, and um, uh, but the difference was that because of the instance that the character in Moon, the characters in Moon, um, are dealing with, um, I, do, I wasn't able to make a really strong emotional connection to any of them. Whereas in Sunshine, I was easily able to do that, um, which is interesting because I think that Sam Rockwell is a much better. Uh, actor than any of the people who were involved in the sunshine movie. Um, but I don't know. It was, it was interesting and, uh, definitely worth a look if you haven't seen it. Yeah, definitely on the list of things that if you've got, you know, an hour and a half and you can get to it, please do. It's slightly more pleasant than having teeth pulled. (laughs) It's way more pleasant than having teeth pulled. It's Uh, way, it's way better then New Moon and most of the other sci-fi that's out there right now. It's it's including Mansquito. Oh, oh, drink another drink. <laughs> Hold on, there you go. <laughs> oh. It's okay. way better than Sanctuary. <laughs> None of these are saying much, though. That's really. true. I mean. I don't, I, I don't. I didn't have as much fun watching it as I do having uh, watching Warehouse Thirteen, though. Yeah. Okay. Warehouse Thirteen is more fun. No Warehouse problem. Thirteen was a lot of fun. I cannot wait for that show to come back. It better. I'm really waiting. I'm yeah, excited. <laughs> okay. So, Kriana, you're yes. on, honey, with gift guides for geeks. Yes, I, I have a short. A, a very brief overview of a couple of websites that you can go to get gifts for geeks. Now, I'm going to have some caveats here. I have nothing media-related, necessarily. So, I think I have maybe one book. But other than that, I'm not doing really, really any DVDs or story tie-ins, no comic books. I wanted to stay out of that realm and focus on stuff. Toys, oh, One other thing we want to mention before we uh, do this is that nobody from any of these places has given us anything. So this is not a paid... uh, I'd like to say yet, because if they (laughs) want to give us stuff, I'm all for that. (laughs) Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Hear that that Think Geek? Dear Think think Geek. Geek. We uh, love Tom, you. Tom sleeping bag. Dear, dear Shane. Oh, that's on my list. Don't give it away. <laughs> Sorry, um, it is on your list? It is it on be. my... 
You're, oh, you can see the schedule. Don't pretend like you can't. I wasn't looking at that part of it. Oh, giving it away. That's okay. I'm sure most people have heard of that anyway, and if you haven't, you will shortly. True. But yes, I, I've been trying to get in touch with Think Geek. Think Geek, if you're listening, Shane, give me a call. <laughs> Please. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually not start off with Think Geek. I'm, I'm going to start off with a different website, which it probably is a competitor to Think Geek. Um, I'd like to also mention that all these real retailers are e-stores, because geeks don't do brick and mortar in 2009. They just don't. I don't. Well, when you need a uh, replacement hard drive at uh, 7 o'clock in the evening because your computer's about to die, you do brick and mortar just like everybody else. Well, but, but generally, you try not to. True. I mean, I, I ain't going to any malls this year. Forget Black <laughs> Friday, okay? I'm not going out there freezing my butt off in the snow to stand in line at 2 a.m. when I can, you know, sit here in my underwear at 2 a.m. and get the same stuff done. Probably easier. Too much information. Thank I'm you. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's perfect. So anyway, the first website I want to talk about is extremegeek.com. That's x-treamgeek.com. Um, now, you know, this store is kind of like the Sky Mall of geek stores. Um, the layout is not that great. It's hard to find stuff unless you know what you're looking for. And um, there's a lot of useless crap. But every once in a while, there's a hidden gem of awesome. Now, I have to mention that I first encountered these people at Macworld earlier this year. And what they were showing at Macworld, they were featuring the Bone Collection, and this is a collection of silicone um, USB flash drives, uh, wrist straps, iPod cases from Japan. I believe they may be the only retailer to be able to actually carry this stuff in the United States. And these things, I mean, everyone has seen every flash drive on the entire market. There are Nemo bots, there's like little humping dogs, like everything is a flash drive. <laughs> but these are freaking adorable. They are. I got to admit, they are one of the coolest flash traps I've ever played with. They come in pengi, which dino, I know, dolphin, elephant, and little doggy bones. And they they are made of silicone, and you can actually buy the cover separate from the flash drive. So the flash drive is just a little tiny like metal piece that just slides in and out of the cover and actually I have doused mine in coke and um, had it come out okay because the silicon cover is really you know water resistant I would not recommend that Coca-Cola. anyone do that yes not like <laughs> yeah. what are you okay. thinking wow just, okay. just making a distinction for those of you in the audience who have a habit uh, on the mention of the word Coke, I will say Mansquito, time for a drink. Thank you. <laughs> Everybody drink. So these little silicone flash drives, they're $30, not too expensive, and they are just so cute. They also make little wrist straps that you can attach your little flash drive to, and some really innovative iPod case designs. I would highly recommend the Bone Collection. I have one of their little pingy flash drives, and it is absolutely the cutest thing ever. I never fail to get a comment on it every time I pull it out of my purse. So, 
moving on. The second thing that I found that I liked from Extreme Geek was Max Brooks' The Zombie Survival Guide, which just looks awesome. I haven't gotten the opportunity to read it yet, but he's the son of Mel Brooks. He was a Saturday Night Live writer. It just looks hysterical, and I think any zombie geek would be glad to receive this as a gift. Yep, I have it, and let me tell you, it gives you some good tips and some bad tips. Uh, but it will definitely help get you prepared. If you haven't contemplated the zombie apocalypse yet, you should. You should. Now, I'm, I'm going to move on to Think Geek, which, which I will have to say, they have not given me any money, but they are like my personal favorite. I want everything on this website, almost. And the first thing I want to talk about <laughs> is the Bacteria Growth Science Kit, which I don't need because I actually have all this stuff in the lab. But it is so cool. I mean, even in the lab, this is where I work. I do this stuff every day. It's still really cool. And I can just imagine how kids, adults, people of all ages would find this awesome. So it comes with Petri dishes and some bacteria medium, and you can make these Petri dishes... And then you can swab your cheek or your hand or your computer or anything that you can think of and streak these plates with your swab and see what grows. It is so cool. And they have awesome, they, they actually have a shot of a keyboard swab. It looks like there's some fungus on there, some different types of bacteria. And it comes with some information and you can identify some of the bacteria that you've grown on your little plates. But, I mean, how much cooler than growing your own bacteria can you get? Not well, Mansquito. Drink. Drink. <laughs> so moving uh. on from the Bacteria Growth Science Kit, which is, which, by the way, they have in the category of 7 to 13 years, because now they have, a new, <laughs> they have a new kids section on Think Geek, which I think is awesome, because kids can be geeks, too. Start them early. Kids are geeks. It's They're interested totally in everything, true. which is exactly the definition of a geek. Um, my next pick is the Star Trek Enterprise bottle opener. Awesome for the Trekkies among us. Now, I'm not doing media, but this is not media. It's a bottle opener. And if you have a friend who's a diehard Trekkie, how cool is it to open your Romulan ale with a Star Trek Enterprise bottle opener? I have a suggestion, uh, Kriana. What is and that? And that is when we uh, when we do the write up and post for this uh, podcast. Uh huh. You put all these URLs in. Oh, I have them already. Um, actually, I'm going to add a couple more special, exclusive blog picks, and then I'm going to put this all in a blog post. Because I'm looking at the Enterprise bottle opener, and it's pretty damn cool. It is really <laughs> awesome. Now, this is the original Enterprise, not the Enterprise D, unfortunately. But I think the original Enterprise lends itself a little better to the ergonomics of bottle opening. True. Oh, you know what the cool thing I love about ThinkGeek is, too? Other I mean, than awesome everything? Other than awesome everything. Is that your fellow smartasses also bought at the bottom of the page... Uh, interactive Tribbles, Star Trek, Starfleet Academy, Titanium Sporks. I love this stuff. Come on. All right, which brings me... Now, I've done a Star Trek pick. I had to do a Star Wars pick. Yeah. Which was already mentioned. The Think Geek exclusive 
Tauntaun sleeping bag. And the story behind how this actually came about is almost as cool as the thing itself. Almost, but not quite, because it's so freaking awesome. So, the Tauntaun sleeping bag started its life in April of 2009 as ThinkGeek's annual April Fool's products, which are really hysterical. If you've never seen them, they, they keep them archived somewhere on their website. I'm not sure exactly where off the top of my head. Maybe I'll include that in my post. But it they showed this wonderful Tauntaun sleeping bag, and the zipper for the sleeping bag is a lightsaber, and the inside looks like the intestines from the movies. <laughs> and you can just sleep inside the Tauntaun and pretend you're Luke Skywalker. And, and the head of the Tauntaun is the pillow. And there was such an overwhelming response of people saying, Man, I want to buy one of those. That would be awesome. Think Geek said, You know what? We're here to serve you. We, we are listening to your feedback. Let me, let me see what I can do. And they came out, and I believe it was only a few weeks ago, the Tauntaun sleeping bag was offered for sale. They found someone to produce it, and they are $99.99. And this is not the first time that this has happened. They've done this before. Did you not see the 8-bit tie? Oh, yes, the 8-bit oh, right. tie. That's classic. That's right. That was the first one. Mm -hmm. Oh man, such a such a great site. They're so committed to being geeks. And it's you know, like... the, it's the attention to detail. I mean, if you go on their website, their mascot, Timmy the Monkey, is everywhere. And it's down to the littlest tiny details where when you get a package from them, you know, you get the annoying little air bags of air that pack things and keep stuff from breaking, which are printed with proprietary Think Geek and Timmy the Monkey, hey, thanks for ordering stuff from us. I mean, that's, I wanted to keep them. It was so cool. I still have mine. <laughs> and, I mean, they know their demographic. They market to their demographic. They have Twitter. They have Facebook. They have YouTube. They encourage people to submit their own pictures, their own videos. They want to hear from you. And we want to hear from them. So, guys, again, if you're listening, please give me a call. We love you. Is that too needy? I don't know. No, it was a little, it was a little needy, but that's okay. I've been told that I'm pushy before. Can't imagine why. I don't know. And finally, my final pick from ThinkGeek, because I had to limit myself to like four or five, is the 20-sided fuzzy dice danglers. For all you gamers out there. For the gamer geek. Because... How cool do you have to be to have a pair of 20-sided die hanging from your mirror? Pretty cool. Uh, you have to be plus eight cool. Yes. <laughs> plus eight saving throw against losers. Okay? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you know what? There are so many great things on Think Geek. And no matter what your the geek in your life uh, enjoys, you'll find something on that side. You know, if you can't find something for your geek in, in Think Geek, you're probably out of luck. I mean, probably they have oh. such a broad range of everything. And I mean, unlike Extreme Geek, all their stuff is actually mostly cool but useful. So it's not like something you're like, oh, that's a funny concept, but I would never buy that because it's a waste of money. It's like... That's a funny concept, and it's so well done that I'll actually use it. Yeah, in the cube farm where I work, they have uh, have a no 
plugging in of anything other than uh, official stuff policy. So when it gets hot in there, we pull out USB fans that we all bought at Think Geek. <laughs> and it drives them crazy. Nice. So uh, for all you people at the place where I work who are listening in today, you can thank Think Geek for this and uh, keep staying cool. So now I, I did some awesome stuff. I, I have to make at least one recommendation. I don't want to be too scroogey, but of something not to buy. And, and here's my, it's actually a double recommendation of something not to buy. I would neither buy a Kindle nor a Nook. And okay, I, for those listening in that don't know what a Nook or a Kindle is. They are ebook readers from Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, respectively. And I am an avid reader. I enjoy my reading on the go. I actually used... <laughs> an old Palm N1 M150 until very recently to uh, bring my ebooks on the go. That's like primitive technology. That's from the 90s. Oh. <laughs> I, I know. There's the thought. I know. It's from the 90s, guys. And then. Wait a minute. So is Mansquito. Frank. <laughs> I'm way ahead of you. All right. And so, <sighs> you know, the Kindle and the Nook, they're shiny. They're super shiny. <laughs> but here's why you shouldn't buy them. First of all, all your books are locked down with D Digital Rights Management, or DRM. And, you know, it's just not cool, man. Not cool. Because uh, the, the Nook does support EPUB. It, it supports it, but stuff you buy from Barnes & Noble, which, let's sure. face it, most people will, sure. is going to be locked down. Like, <laughs> even public domain books. Now, I thought that with Nook, you could share books, but if I let you my copy of the file, I could no longer read it. And they only get to use it for three days. <coughs> yeah, oh. I mean, I mean, it's, it just seems like they're just doing it for fun. Well, I, I think... Just to that, annoy people. I think that the e-reader e um, scene is about to blow up. It's about to get really big in the next year. 2010 is going to be the year of the e-reader. And um, they're going through all the growing pains that, uh, that the digital music industry had when the iPod came out. And about as gracefully, let me tell you. So uh, here's I, think, I think they're doing a little bit better. But go on with your Kindle and Nook. Here's the other reason. Limited selection of books. Not, so, not such a problem with the Kindle. With the Nook a little more, I mean, they use the EPUB, but as far as the Barnes & Noble store, which most people will use, it's a, it's a little bit more limited. And what what is there is just ridiculously priced. Because if you think about it, they have, like, literally cut out all the costs of actually producing a book except for writing and editing it. There's no printing. There's no shipping. So why do these things still cost 10 and $20? There's no reason for it, except for they don't want to cut into their profit margins. So what I think they need to see before this gets successful is the iTunes Music Store of eBooks. I think $0.99 cents is a perfectly reasonable price for an eBook, because I'm not getting a digital copy. Maybe up to $5, maybe. Other than that, just, just no way. I mean, come on. It's not like they have to print another copy every time. Once they got the one copy down, all they have to do is copy it. It's an unlimited resource. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's becoming a very unfortunate situation where new technology is being treated like old technology. And which is, again, the same issues that happened to the music industry. And then, you know, the last thing is kind of more of a glitch, but the Nook currently does not let you use Barnes & Noble gift cards to buy books, which, which is just ridiculous. It's a known issue. They have purported to going to fix it. I don't know if that's going to actually happen. Probably, because I think people will be really pissed off if they get a Nook and a gift card and then can't use the gift card to buy books for their Nook. So, my official conclusion is that ebooks are great things. I personally use Stanza and Classics on my iPod Touch to read at work and on the go. They are both great solutions. I just love the feel of Classics. Disclaimer, I know the developers personally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But hey, Apple loved the look and feel of classics because they featured it in their commercial, right? But Stanza allows you to import your own books and they have a lot of different, they have some stores and they have a good selection of free books and I think that their outlook on the whole ebook on the go idea is, is very good and it's very customizable and very comfortable, as, well, as much as you can be on the iPod touch screen. Well, I think that what it really comes down to for any geek is don't buy a geek gadgets unless you know exactly and you've asked them precisely what they want. And uh, because every geek is different and everybody, every geek is very particular about their gadgets. That's, that's for sure because people who just knew me and didn't ask would think, hey, Kindle, perfect. And I'd be like, no. Yeah. It would be and, like buying you a Bocelli DVD. Oh, let's not go there. <laughs> let's not go there. But hey, Our diamond every, every geek is going to love a stocking stuffer of Buckyballs from ThinkGeek or, oh, a, or a sonic screwdriver for a, uh, you know, uh, a workplace uh, gift exchange. So make sure that, um, you know, you check out those stores because it's, Almost to the point where shipping won't make it to you by Christmas. Yep. Get in there, get out, and get it done. Speaking of getting in there, getting out, and get it done. That's what time? she said. Yeah, I know. All right. It is 8.36 and time what, for our trivia question. That's what Mansquito said. Oh, God. Oh, God. Here we go. Okay. One more. One more. We've got a half an hour left. Oh, yeah, dear. I know. <laughs> I know, we're about to bring Frankie in, too. Uh, so don't. What's our yeah. trivia question tonight? Our trivia question today is a literary trivia question for those of you who actually do read for some, from some classic science fiction. The book, Day of the Triffids, which was the basis for the movie Day of the Triffids and 28 Days Later, was based on a book by the same name, written by whom? So, I'm putting that blog post right now. You can win a copy of our guest tonight, Frankie B. Washington, and his partner, Andrew Leiter's new book, Marooned on Mogo, signed by Andrew with a sketch card from Frankie. If you answer this question correctly in the comments. So, and there we go. And there it is. 
Well, not yet. At least I don't see it. Oh, it's up. Okay. You insist. It is up. <laughs> yeah, it is, however, under our Aresia begging link. Oh, is that one si- sitting on top now? It, it is It is sitting on top probably until Christmas. So mm-hmm. if you're not paying attention to the blog, we want to go to Aresia, which is a convention that is somewhat popular, I gather, in the Boston area. And we we did not get in touch with them in time to be part of their programming officially this year. But we are welcome to rent table space. So for us to rent table space for Saturday and Sunday and to pay to get into the convention, which is which is quite steep if you don't buy a whole weekend ahead of time, is $370. So if you have some spare change and you'd like to come and see us at Aresia if you're planning on going, it seems like a fun time. Please give shoot us a donation. There's a link at the top of our page right now, sci-fi-saturdaynight.com. And um, if you give us your name, we'll give you a shout-out on the show next week. And um, we'll be forever in your debt, and we'll have lots of gratitude. <laughs> wow, that was, that was beggy enough. Was it? Yeah, that was good. That was good. That was very good. So the question now is... What's the question? Where's Frankie? Oh, I, I can add Frankie in. You didn't say add Frankie. Jeez. Time to bring in Frankie. All right. Let's bring in Frankie. Connecting. All right. Hello. Hi, Frankie. Hi. How are you? Hey, guys. What's happening? Welcome, Welcome to, to Sci-Fi Saturday. Yeah, there we go. We both did that. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be doing this all night. Don't worry about it. It's it's, it's good. It's great. <laughs> if you've if you've been listening to us up to this point, we've been drunk through most of it at this point. <laughs> what is that noise that I keep hearing? Ah, that's that's Kriana typing. <laughs> oh, oh, fine. It, it almost sounds like like uh, someone chewing on a straw. You know, like if you're chewing on it, you hear that kind of slucky. Sound or something. Well, fine. Mm-hmm. Sci-Fi Saturday Night listeners, if we get more than three hundred and seventy dollars, I will buy a microphone that is not next to my keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Okay, I will. I will get a new. Oh new microphone. no no no! <laughs> we are on limited funds after buying buttons for the last cons that we went to. Uh-huh. We're running on fumes here. <laughs> so, Frankie. Let's talk about what you're doing, what's up with you. Frankie's a graphic artist. Well, no, illustrator. Illustrator. Yeah. I'm sorry. Please oh, tell no, me the difference. All right. The difference is, I guess with graphic artists, the way I, my view of a graphic artist is that they do more like logo, more, more like hardline graphic work. Uh, logos, um, I don't know. It's like stuff, web stuff, vector artwork, that kind of stuff. An illustrator, to me, is someone who is who does a lot of freehand stuff. Uh, you know, they'll draw images. Um, you know, storyboards, things like that. Okay. That that to me, I don't know how to. Yeah, it's like I think one does more like a vector, like more like vector images. The other one does more like hand drawing stuff, artwork. 
Okay, I think, so I, I think it really comes down to the uh, the tools used. I mean, I think you you've got it. You've already said it, Frankie. I mean, uh, a graphic artist is involved in you know commercial art or or things that require you know um, a different kind of set of art skills than uh, drawing images. Yeah. But but I mean to illustrate I mean again like I I went to school for commercial art, so I mean I and 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 pretty much I do commercial art. I just think that people who do graphic artwork, um, they tend to do artwork that is, again like I think in the terms of like uh, uh, like logo stuff, logo work, um, more uh, vector kind of artwork that that's uh, just a little different than like say like freehand. Kind of illustration. I don't want to cause a war with anybody out there. Though. <laughs> <laughs> so you self-identify as an illustrator. We can respect that. I got love for everyone. <laughs> so, so tell us about this book that we're giving away, Marooned on Mogo. Marooned on Mogo. Well, I know you guys are going to be interviewing Andrew in a couple of weeks, so he could probably give a more in-depth uh, interview about it. Um, from, from someone who was, who was drawing it, um, and pretty much I am kept in the dark until I get the script <laughs> pretty much from Andrew. Um, Marundo Mogul is a story about four siblings who is in the future and they come across a uh, treasure map and somehow, you know, they, uh, end up on this, this alien world called Mogul where they use this map to find some unknown treasure. But while they're on their way to try to find this treasure, they come across space pirates, giant alien creatures, their parents are attacked, that kind of thing. So, you know, so pretty much it's just them leaving Earth, getting on an alien world, and just having crazy adventures. I'm a so, big fan of crazy adventures. I yeah. love them. I love them. When, 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 when Andrew first told me about, about the idea, the first uh, two images popped up in my head. And, and, and the first image was Johnny Quest. And then the second one was Lost in Space. Yeah. Absolutely. I yeah. love Johnny Quest and Lost in yep. Space. Both great yep. shows. So, so when, I, when I thought about illustrating it and I told him, I said, look, I, I said, you know, I'm going to come at this uh, from, from a, a standpoint of like almost, you know, action oriented uh, comic book kind of stuff. You know, I mean, I, I, the way my style is, I, I never really saw my style as um, traditional children book kind of art style um you know i think with a lot of children books out there uh there's a lot of watercolor style work it, it's not as um as, as uh what's the term it, it, it a little hard edge like comic booky kind of feel to it so so you know when i told that to him i was really expecting him not to even go for it like i was like oh man he's gonna he's gonna shoot it down or whatever but he liked it so uh you know and and here we go heading into chapter three <laughs> How did you and Andrew first uh, hook up together? Oh, that, that wonderful place called Craigslist. <laughs> Are you serious? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Wow. What happened was it was like a weird fluke because I, for the longest time, I've always, I've, I, I've always had this, this nagging want to try to do a children's book. You know, I've, I've had the pleasure to work on films. I, I've worked on two films that were in Boston years ago, uh, Next Stop Wonderland in the movie Squeeze, I did storyboards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did, I did the storyboards for them. 
I, I, I used to work for an animation studio called Olive Jar Animation. I, I you know, that, that, that was, you know, some really cool stuff. But I was, children books have always eluded me for some strange reason. So what happened was I, I went on Craigslist, as I normally do sometimes, and I just, you know, was looking through it and stuff. And I saw this, this uh, writer was looking for someone to do a children's book. I really wasn't expecting anything, really. I just, you know, I contacted him. I said, look, go to my site. You know, my work's there. Check it out. My credentials are there. And, and if you're interested, maybe we can talk. And I really wasn't even expecting anything. And then bingo, bango, he emails me and he says, hey, you want to do this? And I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do it. And that was it. Is this the first project you two have done together? Yes. So he keeps you totally in the dark until he shoots you over a script. Yeah, pretty much. It, it's it's kind of funny, too, because he's actually sent me, um, like, I'm, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm wrapping up Chapter 3, but he's already sent me up to Chapter 6. Now, the way I work is kind of funny because I've worked all my, um, pretty much my professional career in advertising. So I'm used to having, like, the sort of advertising scripts given to me. Where mm-hmm. I, was, I get a, I get a script from my art director, and immediately I, I start working, right? You know, just start drawing right off of that script. So what I do with the scripts that I have with um, uh, with Andrews is that I don't read them until I get ready to start drawing. So I don't know what's going to happen, and like like he he's, he said he's going to be wrapping up chapter six. So I I still have like chapter four and five just sitting there, <laughs> and I haven't read them yet. Okay, well, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to post your website uh, mm-hmm. next to the podcast so that people can take a look at some of your stuff. And uh, It's pretty crazy, too, because people look at it and they can't believe I'm the, I'm the one person that drew all the stuff on there. I was going to say, there's a large variety of different <laughs> stuff on there. Because that's an illustrator. <laughs> that, that's what happens when you work in the field of advertising and you have numerous um, art directors and people want different styles, and you get uh, sort, of, sort of conditioned to kind of, you know, draw what people want. Like one person will say, hey, can you draw this kind of way? And can you draw a little realistic? Can you draw cartoony? So you adapt to it. So a lot of the stuff that you see on there is just a, a huge range of, of, like, the years that I've worked on various things. And, and I, now I'm, I'm slowly, because I'm, I'm trying to get into the comic book industry. You know, I, for years I've sort of been on the... Uh, the outskirts of it. I have a lot of friends that are in, in the business, and I've been on the outskirts of it, and, and now I'm sort of really looking to try to get into it somehow now. So I'm working on some projects, and the thing is is that in the comic book industry, you kind of have to walk down to a certain style so that people can become familiar with it and, you know, and eventually like what you're doing instead of just jumping from one style to the other. So that's been sort of the hardest thing for me to do is like stick to one style, but, but uh, I think I have a style that I like, and I think I'm going to stick with it for my comic book work. And that was my next question is, uh, mm-hmm. what is, what is the one style that you really like working in? Um, I, I'm really liking a sort of pseudo um, animated style. Um, like some of the stuff that I've, I'm doing now, it has almost animatable. Uh, I'm very, uh, I'm heavily influenced by the uh, Justice League Unlimited uh, the stuff from Bruce Tim, those guys, 
I think that um, when they came out with that kind of style, it just really revolutionized a lot of stuff, just in the way that you see superheroes and how the body and the contours of their bodies and stuff like that line work. And and I'm, I'm influenced by it, but still, I'm a guy who, who still loves John Byrne. <laughs> you know, I love John Byrne. I love uh, Mike Mignola. I like using a lot of negatives, positives, heavy blacks. So I've sort of come to a fusion with... Um, uh, that the love of the John Byrne kind of style with the Bruce Tim kind of style, and it's the Frankie B style. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. You know, if people are sort of like, I, I, I'm, I'm getting a lot of people now because of the sketch cards. They're really um, liking the stuff that I'm doing. So I'm very happy about it. It's very positive. So. I'm hoping that when my comic book stuff comes out, that people will really be like, all right, cool. We, we dig this guy. So um, just for people who don't know what sketch cards are, if you haven't been to a con, you probably haven't seen one. They're mm-hmm. kind of big on Etsy. They are small, like trading card size pieces of original artwork that cost a heck of a lot less than buying large pieces of original artwork. And well, oh. I, I think they're just spectacular. I've actually started collecting them lately. Mm-hmm. You actually know more than I do because I just started this year. Oh. <laughs> For years, a good friend of mine by the name of Brian Kong, I guess he's like huge in the field. For years, when I, was, when I would go to conventions and stuff, he'd be like, oh, Frank, you know, he'd be like, you should get into this. And, you know, and at the time I was like, oh, dude, you know, I'm doing advertising, I'm making money doing this. So I'm not, I was kind of always like on, on the, you know, the, the fence with it. And so, um, this year, I just got the opportunity, like this, this, this guy named Stephen Frank, who's the guy running uh, Fivefinity Productions, he contacted me for this um, charity for the March of Dimes. And I always tend to, you know, give a little bit, like if I can, with my artwork to charities. I just think it's a good thing to do. And, and so I said, all right, I'll do it. You know, I'll jump. So he said it was for Archie. And so, you know, I'm, I said, okay, cool. So Archie just... Show, make, you know, show me some papers and make sure that this, this is going to happen. And he did. And I did the cards, and I had a blast. And then he came back to me, and he said, hey, uh, we, I'm going to be doing Greatest American Hero. Are you interested? So I said, Greatest American Hero, I love that show. I'm on it. So I've just sort of fallen into this whole sketch card thing, and I'm learning myself how huge this is. It, it is huge. It's There's a big community who likes yeah. to collect them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a wonderful thing to do, especially at conventions, because, I mean, I saw some artists taking commissions and drawing them right yep. there. Um, and it's a lot less of a financial hurdle. I mean, yep. if you go and you buy even an 8.5 by 11 piece of artwork, it's going to cost. And it should. I mean, they're, sure, they're sure. beautiful, beautiful pieces of artwork, but there's always that mental block, like, do I like this artist enough to really sink that much exactly. money? Yep. Whereas an art card, it's like 3 or $4 max. You're like, oh, yeah, I kind of like that. I'll buy that. And right. I, I'm sure you could make up in volume. Well, I'll know. tell you one thing. I'm going to enlighten you, though, on one thing. You go to eBay. You'll see cards up there going for like four hundred dollars. That's right. Well, well that's that's crazy. eBay as well. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Competitive bidding. <laughs> I mean, that's wonderful. If you can sell a card for four hundred dollars, I mean, that's that's unreal. That's spectacular. It's unbelievable. I'm like, wow. And see, again, I, I'm I'm sort of like a newbie. I mean, once I go through this first year, then I guess I'm really in it. So I mean, you know, so I've I've been very fortunate. Like I just did. I just wrapped up. Um, 
I did stuff for the Dan was it uh oh, excuse Dan Eagles Mandy. Hope I'm saying his night his name right. Dan Eagles, Mandy. I guess okay. he did Playboy. Oh. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Not a clue. All right. Well, anyway, I guess this guy was like the guy who did he uh, did stuff for Playboy and stuff like that, but. It's the Mandy sketch cards that came out through Fifinity. So I, I, I did, I at least got one card into that. And so the big one, now I know you guys know this, Voltron. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, well, I'm getting starting on Voltron in a couple of weeks, which I am ecstatic by because I love wonderful. robots. Say it again. That's wonderful. When, when yeah. you go to cons, there's like rows and rows of artists who are just sitting there and will either do a card for you or have. 15 or 20 cards sitting out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, that's where I pick up, you know, really cool artwork and get a chance to look at an artist, uh, the breadth of their work, mm-hmm. without having to, you know, go through 15 or 20 different pages of stuff. It's all sitting out on art cards. Sure, sure. And, you know, dare, dare I say that artists who aren't doing any art cards whatsoever are not leveraging their full, I guess, potential for making some money. Because, like I said, it's a lot less of a financial hurdle. And I think it's really great that, like, when we're, like, looking for someone to interview or looking for someone to maybe draw something for us, mm-hmm. I can look at my art cards and be like, you know, that style looks the best to me yep. for this project. It's yep. just a great, like, mini folder of different artists and, that you can just <laughs> keep around. Well, and, and the other thing, too, is when you're, an, when you're obsessive about a particular character, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, not like I am or anything sure. uh, at all. <laughs> not <Harley>. at all. <laughs> I, I must have about... 25 or 30 different sketches, prints, pictures, and art cards, and dolls of Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. She's my girl. She's my absolute girl. Really? All right. So, I mean, when I go, when when we were at uh, Boston Comic Con in, when was that? October. October. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I was scouting for. Ah. Uh. And you didn't come by and get a Harley Quinn from me. <laughs> you you didn't have a Harley Quinn actually. We did. We did. Yes. Look. You had sold yeah. it actually. Yeah. Wow. Because I know that there was one guy. See, my thing is that I hate not having a reference. Because I mean, in in my head, I I know how Harley Quinn looks, but I'm one of those people where I love to have reference with me just to help. And mm-hmm. there was one, and there was one guy that came up to me and he asked me. He was like, "Hey, can you draw the Lone Ranger?" And I love the Lone Ranger. <laughs> for the love of me, I was like, I, I didn't want to try to draw the Lone Ranger without reference because it, well, what happened was in, in, in the back of my mind, I'm going, yeah, man, you know, I remember the, the Lone Ranger and, um, and, 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 and I was going to go for the memory. But then he was like, oh, can you do the new version one? And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> so, you know, that's where it gets, it gets kind of tough and stuff when you don't have the reference for something. Yeah, I know. Uh Anyhow, are are you going to be at Comic Con in April? I think so. Um, I, they, I I know I put I wrote down on the paper they they came around they were asking who's going to be there so I said sure put me on there so I'm just waiting you know hopefully like I guess in January when they start contacting everyone or something and yeah definitely. Alrighty. So for those of you listening in who uh, are planning to be at Boston Comic Con in April, mm-hmm. definitely do check out Frankie's stuff. 
He's an incredibly talented artist. He does some really beautiful stuff. Check out his website. We'll have that posted on our website. Why don't you, why don't you mention it right now? What is it? Just FrankieBWashington.com. Pretty easy. Oh, I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> why? Because I actually knew it? Or because I'm uh, no, 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 no. It's, right it's just weird. It's just hearing my name, you know, it's just... <laughs> Frankie B. And so for the longest time, I, I, I never used the B. And because um, my mother, my mother used to call me that all the time. Frankie B. You know, get all, <laughs> yeah, she would say that. And then what happened was years ago, you know, when I was putting myself through art school, I did security. I was a security officer. And I remember I read an article somewhere that there was another Frankie Washington out there. And I said, I freaked out because I was like, man, I said, what if this guy does a crime or something? Then I said, you know, I'm going to start using my middle initial. And then it just stuck with me. Yeah, because I want, you know, you want to cover the bases. Well, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you ain't getting me, man. <laughs> hey, Frankie, thank you so much for joining with us tonight. Really no appreciate it. Thank you. And I would like to mention also that um, you can find Frankie's website on our Facebook fan page. If you're not a fan of us, please go be a fan. You'll get regular updates. And our Facebook statuses also post to our Twitter feed. So please follow us on Twitter as well. Our username there is SFSN. Um, so yeah, go visit us. Be a fan. <laughs> follow us. That's all I can say. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks again. Thanks, Frankie. Take right. care. Have a good you evening. Take care now. Yep. Bye-bye. Uh, he's good people. He really is. He was, he was fun at uh, Comic-Con. He was really fun. We had a, we had a great time at Comic-Con, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Johnny, I, can't, I can't wait for April. At some point, you've got to come out and do one of those with us. You know, I've never been to a con. Really? What? Never been to a con. Con virgin. I am a con virgin. Well, we I am, get I've you been in a con, but I've never been yeah. to a con. <laughs> Actually, I dated a con once, but that's a whole <laughs> other story. Great TV show about a con, Leverage. <laughs> Different type of con. Gotcha. Okay. Anyway. Hey, you know what? I think we're done. Are we done? I think we are. Does that mean they let us out of our cages? It means I can actually get another bottle because this bottle of wine is empty. As is mine. <laughs> In any case, hey, thank you all for listening to our... Uh, Tonight's podcast for December 5th, 2009. I am the Dome from Area 51. Awake by Java, signing off. And I'm Kriana saying goodnight. Take care and uh, look after the flying saucers. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>